Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside my old friend, Steven Simcox, one of my, one of my many protégés. I have lots of protégés. I've been in this business a long time. Garrett's a protégé. Jack, I'd like to think, is a protégé, even though he may not want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our producer now. Um, you know, I've had a lot of radio stations. I think J.D. Piquel, one of my protégés, I'm going to call that one. He's doing very well in this space, better than I am all of a sudden. <laughs> but I'm still calling it uh, on that one. Uh, but, Stephen, you and I worked together at the radio station for a very long time. Started as an intern. Now mm-hmm. you're locked on TCU uh, and doing that. So I thought, what better person to come on the week after Dion and TCU than Steven Simcox. And you uh, know the Horn Frogs very well. We'll talk about it from their perspective in a second. But early on, you got to witness the Dion hype train, which has now been f- thrown into full on hyperdrive. I yes. mean, it is absolutely, you know, the Kessel run <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of things where. That like it is, he's going to be the number one topic in college football all mm-hmm. year long, absolutely, and for good reason. But um, and I, I don't want to put too much into that game, but it was a super impressive debut that he had, and now because now it's all about clicks and page views, and he mm-hmm. is Mr. Clicks and Page Views. No, it is. I'm really happy to be part of the Paul Catalina coaching tree. It's one of my, <laughs> I put it on my resume. It's one of the things I love about you know my life. Uh, but yeah, Dion is, it's incredible what he's done. And it's funny because you're, you're totally right. He is the topic. He has the conversation. And I can't really think, I mean, we've had college coaches that transcend their team, like Nick Saban, right? Obviously people don't, Alabama has a long storied history, but people think about Nick Saban when they think about Alabama football now, but it's very different because when they think about Nick Saban, it's like, here's a guy who might murder somebody if he sees a false start on mm. third and five. And that's not really Dion's vibe. Like, he's very uh, – he's out there about I'm, I'm trying to promote my guys. We're, we're really open about getting our dudes opportunities, NIL. We have a lot of swagger. We're going to let people be themselves. Uh, but I think the thing that surprised me the most, that was a well-coached football team that played TCU on Saturday. I mean, they, there weren't a lot of pre-snap penalties. They turned the ball over once. But they played a clean football game. And so it's not, it's not just the, the flash and, you know, all the kind of hype that he brings. There's obviously a lot of substance there, too. 
Um, and I feel like my view before the game was like, okay, Dion's like a CEO, right? Like he's a talent acquisition guy. He's going to bring in a lot of dudes that can play. And obviously he had some like organizational traits because the Jackson State tenure wasn't just a complete disaster. They did really well. But I thought there would be a, a leap up from that to what he was doing at Colorado. Uh, but he hit the ground running. And now you have to sustain it. But, man, it's fun. I mean, I can't even really compare it to someone. I guess Lane Kiffin maybe. But, like, Lane's kind of goofy. And he's just leaned into the fact of, of being like a fun uncle. Um, and, and Dion's not – that's not what you get from Dion. No, he's about developing stars. Yes. He's about, you know – because he is a star. And he takes it seriously. I mean, yes. this is not like a joke to him. No, it's not. And the fact that people told him, a guy who, and we, we talked about this on the Monday show with Chris, they told a guy who was a Hall of Famer in one sport and a mm -hmm. professional in another sport and a good baseball player. He was a good, like, you would have wanted Dion on your team. Right. Like, you're not, built, he's not Acuna or anything, but you would have wanted him on your team, for sure. He was a good 5.5 5 war in his baseball career. So, that's that's not bad. Did you just pull that off your head right now? No, I, I've been looking it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. so I looked it up today. You could have said yes. I wouldn't have pressed you, but no, that's okay. 5.5 war for, for Dion. So, that's a guy, like, the guy's got, you know, mm -hmm. five and a half wins above replacement baseball that's a guy you want on your team you know he's he's better than the guy who's going to be there so this is a guy who's done things in sports and business that you know we're not done before right and there's not many people like him and then when he decided he wanted to be a coach like it was like well you haven't done that before well like well, everybody's not done something before before they do it you know like there's, that's true you know like, welcome to philosophy with paul catalina yeah, yeah. you know um I used to I used to do the radio show with Butch Henry, mm -hmm. and and we used to do a thing. This is pre smoky where we had the Butch Henry country bump of the day, where we'd play a country song coming out, and he would grade the song. And so this album came out called Last of the Breed, which was Willie Nelson, Ray Price, and Merle Haggard, and it had some bangers on it, but they were all new songs. And this song hit every single thing. He said it had a steel guitar. It had like. All, you know, a fiddle, all this stuff in the first few bars. And it's, I was like, oh, he's going to love this. It's like, no, zero. Never heard it before. I was like, well, Butch, every song that you've ever heard, you you've, hadn't heard it before. Mm -hmm. You heard it the first time. You have to hear it the first time. Like right. the first time you heard Chattahoochee, you didn't know that Chattahoochee existed. It wasn't in the ether as like part of your soul. <laughs> and then, right. And then you heard it and you... You felt you knew it the whole time. Mm -hmm. You heard the song. So everybody's not heard, done something before. And it, <laughs> thank, thank you, Siri. <laughs> See? Yeah. Siri knows. She Siri knows. knows this. She knows this is true. Yeah, she the, knows it's the true. The first time you've never heard this. Yeah. But in Dion's case, this is a guy who is uniquely built for this era. Mm -hmm. And I think without the transfer portal and particularly without NIL – he would have he would still be good at this because he would figure it out but he would not maybe be enjoying it as much because he'd be hitting the wall on what he would have as philosophical differences with the NCAA right which are look he was like nobody's under the impression that he was not getting paid at Florida State <laughs> under the table nobody's under the impression what? That, nobody's under the impression that he doesn't believe in building your brand mm -hmm. and all of that and see so he's embraced all that now had the rules not changed maybe Dion you know says he wants to be an NFL just I'm just going to go right to the NFL which I do think is going to happen for Dion eventually mm -hmm. I think I think that he's going to 
Do you think he just wants to follow Shadur around, or do you feel like he? No, I I think I think he'll also like he'll want to prove that he can do it at the next level. Yeah, without having to make the players himself. Okay. Yeah. You have to wait at least seventeen years when you do that. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not an efficient recruiting pipeline. (laughs) (laughs) Just go make one. (laughs) So, um, but. He, I think he'll want to prove that. I think he wants to show, and he'll probably want to show you can do it at a couple places. But the thing is, is that if the NFL calls, if they're like, hey, we, we need this, you know, and he's going to have to have an owner that just does not want to be in the way. Like, right. Like he, he and Jerry are great friends. He would never work for Jerry. Oh, because, no. Because, again, he would. Mike McCarthy's the perfect kind of Jerry coach. And if they stumble into a Super Bowl with, with Mike McCarthy, it's, it's kind of just because Mike knows exactly how to navigate that. Would the media just explode if we had Jerry, Dion, and the Cowboys all converge? Like, that feels like I, – I don't know how First Take would deal with that. I think that's their ultimate dream is just having <laughs> all those, all three of those brands meld into one thing. But, no, you're right. The press conferences would be amazing, but they wouldn't work together well. Yeah, so Dion has to be in a place – like, again, Rick George has decided, like – Hey, the, the best way to save this athletic department going forward mm-hmm. is to let me be the administrator and let him be the superstar. Right. And I'm not, he, you know, Rick George doesn't have to get in his way. Just make sure we have enough money. Like, that's all that he needs to do. And, you know, going to the Big 12 is a, a, probably a huge Dion thing. Nobody's really kind of confirmed that. Like, you know, he's obviously commented on it, but all these things are going to be, you know, on the Dion hype train. Now, outside of that, like, this is a team that can score points. They have not proven that they can stop anybody yet. Mm-hmm. We'll see against against Nebraska this week how that changes because the difference in offense between TCU and Nebraska is going to be pretty stark. But even still, like this is this is something we have not seen before, and I do think it's only because we're in this era of NIL transfer portal. Dion is the perfect guy for that because he does not have to go well. All right, like we won't pay anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, make sure that these kids only get books and sandwiches. Wink, wink. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Like it would be. Look, he got Des Bryant suspended, yes. which is even stupider now. Not from Dion's perspective, mm-hmm. from the NCAA's perspective. That you, know, Des Bryant, got suspended for the last part of his last year at Oklahoma State just because he had lunch with Dion and an agent. You know, talking about something that they knew he was going to do. The NCAA knew. Des Bryant's got eight more games left as a college athlete, and he's going to leave. Would it make sense for him to talk to one of those guys and a guy who knows these things before he makes that decision three months from now? Yeah. Like, it's only kind of a smart thing to do, and now it just looks bad. So, you know, like those things I think would have been tough for him to navigate, but now, shoot. You're, you're totally right about the timing uh, because – Yes, and I think still, like, in our minds, and it was hard for me to get over this, which is weird because I, I just watched TCU do it. Like, they had a team that was 5-7, and seven, they were dead in the water, and they had a coach in Gary Patterson who, frankly, just didn't – like, he didn't embrace this new world of college football. He didn't necessarily want to be a part of it, at, at in the head coaching role at least, um, in managing all these things. And so Sonny Dykes comes in. He brings in a lot of transfers. Wasn't like it wasn't Dion guys. Like I don't think the national media was like, oh wow, you got you just picked up Mark Perry from Colorado, the <laughs> safety. Like let's let's hunker down on that. But still, he flipped that roster over. They have an incredible run. Um, but in your mind, you're just conventional wisdom tells you, okay, this is going to take time to build this. But we're seeing with more and more teams now, 
if you just get the talent there and you have like some structure and you let guys make plays, um, we'll see what the ceiling is for Colorado, but they're obviously much more improved than they were. And it looks like a team that can make some noise in the Pac-12. I also think he he definitely wants to be in the Big 12. Dion doesn't want to be on the Pac-12 network. He doesn't, you know, he that's that's too too small for him. I'm not even sure Dion wants to be on ESPN Plus. That might be something he has to work out with yeah. with Brett Yormark. Yeah. He might put it on he might put those games on Prime Media himself yeah. or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's the perfect time. And I think even when we talk about him in the NFL, you know, he's sort of in a better situation from acquiring talent now. Because he doesn't have to deal with contracts, he doesn't have to deal with like timelines. Mm-hmm. He can't just call up Stefan Diggs and be like, "Hey, come, come on home." Uh, maybe he'd be like the perfect NBA coach because he could just tamper with yeah. people and get them, get yeah. them to request trades and that kind of thing. But he's got so much freedom of movement with the players now that they can, they can get there immediately. In most cases, they're eligible um, to play right away. And yeah, it's the perfect time to do it. And because he's not like staunch in his ideas of the past like it's not it's not taking him much to break out of the mold and do this because he's just by his own self he's an innovator right like he's always done things a different way so he's um he's killing it right now and uh until we'll see what happens like when they hit some adversity but until they lose a game you really can't say enough about what he's what he's done there well i I think they're like I don't think this is a college football playoff team. No, I think no. that they've proven that they're going to win some games. Mm-hmm. And you know, they've got Oregon and USC coming up really soon, really soon. That's going to be tough. Like, those are going to be shootouts. They, they've proven they can win a game 45-42. Yeah. That, like, you, and you don't really want to – if you want to win the college – if you want to be in the playoff and win conferences, you can't really bank on winning every game 45-42. No. But it's a fun and, brand and, of football. And Dion knows that. Dion yes. knows that. And look, he's made some some really good hires. Sean Lewis, great, great hire. Mm-hmm. That was a great hire. I'm a little bit out on Charles Kelly. I'm a little biased because he had a tenure at Florida State where uh, he was not what you would call good. <laughs> um, what would you call it, Paul? I would call it bad. Okay. I would say, like, and it's the weirdest thing. It was <laughs> um, first down, second down, just mauling people on defense and you saw this the other day it could be third down in anything and Colorado was getting it <laughs> for some reason third down there's just a mental block there or some 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 disconnect uh like Derek Zoolander can't turn left <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that, was that, a, that was a third down hill for for them yeah, to climb he just couldn't turn left <laughs> but I mean again he's been with Saban now he's with Dion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's better than he was then. Um, and he was also with Jimbo Fisher, who, you know, that was the first wave of coaches yeah. being like, hey, he hasn't changed any of this. <laughs> if you watch the film from last year and the film from this year, it's the same. <laughs> he might as well just yell in the plays like, we're going to run 32 trap. <laughs> 32 trap? We ran it last week against Duke. Third quarter. It was on clip. Yeah, it was on this clip, this specific clip. You guys saw it. You, you see that one? This is the hand signal we make when we're going to run it. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, but, yeah, I think he's made some really good hires. He's been really – like, when he was at Jackson State, he just – he brought in guys like Mike Zimmer mm-hmm. and a bunch of guys he knew weren't going to need money to help him do that. But also, as much as he is so bravado, don't think that he hasn't learned from all these guys. 
Mickey Andrews, his defensive coordinator at Florida State, helped him out tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, Mike Zimmer, all the guys he had at Jackson State that he brought in from the NFL. He's not just sitting there going like, okay, he's here. He's sure. sitting in those rooms and going, okay, I learned this from Mike Zimmer. I learned from this from this guy. You know what? I need to run a, an offense that's going to score a lot of points. Who am I going to call? I'm going to get the head coach um, from Kent State from to come Kent in State, here. Yeah and be my offensive coordinator. Now, that might last for a year because somebody's going to call up Sean Lewis mm -hmm. and be like, hey. What's your price? What like, please bring that here. <laughs> uh, and, but it was, and it was a really bold career move for Sean Lewis mm -hmm. because you, you run the risk of being forgotten about underneath there, and you were already a head coach. But really interesting uh, what's going on there. Like, you know, maybe one, two years, I think, before somebody's like, well, be a head coach again. Come on. Yeah, get, um, get back to it. Get back to it. Can I ask you about Travis Hunter for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Because that was that was amazing to watch. I knew he was good. My perspective on it, though, before the game was like, okay, well, surely he's not going to play all the snaps on both sides of the ball. But then suddenly it was like I was watching a 2A playoff football game yeah. and, like, Rashad Paul's out there just yeah. making all the plays for Bremont. Like, he's single-handedly taking over the game. I know, like, Woodson and then, I mean, even his coach, Dion did that at times, but, but not that much, not that much. Like, can you compare it to anybody that you've but seen at no, this level? Honestly, I can't because most of the time when you have that offensive player that or defensive player that plays offense, which mm -hmm. is mostly that's the case. Right. I think Travis Hunter, you can't really say what he like, what is he like? Is he, yeah, he's just an athlete. He's I just mean, a guy like they're putting him out there. Like with Charles Woodson, he was a cornerback who played wide receiver. Yes. And he had a lot of snaps. Like there was like, they were getting him out there a lot. Mm-hmm. But again, that offense wasn't trying to run 100 plays with Lloyd Carr. Right. They're trying to run 70 plays. Like, that was their goal. Like, they, they were controlling the clock, and they'd throw Woodson out there and be like, okay, well, you can't, you can't out-athlete number two, mm -hmm. so we're not going to think that you can, so go do that. Plus, Woodson was the kick returner as well, so he was out there all the time. So he's the closest thing, but Travis Hunter plays more than he does. Most of the time, it's like a guy, he's got a package. He does this. Yes. You know. Kind of gimmicky. Yeah. This is not De that. Look, Dion didn't play that much offense at Florida State. Like, you know, they didn't they didn't need him to. Yeah. Uh, and it was, again, it was a very different time. He played a little, you know. Um, I don't think that you would, you know, go out there. You look at his offensive stats at Florida State. I think Travis Hunter's probably already beat him, mm -hmm. you know. And it was more quality over quantity. And Dion made his bones as the kick returner as well. Like, you know. Yeah. Go ahead and punt it to him. He'll, he'll have take fun. It. He'll, he'll house it. <laughs> Make that life decision and <laughs> see how it turns out for you. But Travis Hunter is is special. I mean, that mm -hmm. to, to go out there and be able to do that. Now, can he do that for 11 more games? Sure. Especially given their schedule, they don't have a game where you can go like, well, they can let Travis chill today. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they really don't. Like, even Stanford or whoever, like – He's got to play. He's got to play. So they've got one of the tougher schedules in the entire country. The Pac-12 is really good this year. Mm -hmm. But, man, he's he's something that we have. You know, again, kind of like Otani. Like, we just don't see it that often. Yeah. And you, you can't expect it to, to be commonplace anymore. And I think sometimes we think of it in the context of us. So, like, I think, well, Travis Hunter surely can't play all these snaps. But I also get winded when I go up the stairs sometimes. <laughs> so I feel like he's working with a little different skill set yeah. than maybe I am. Uh, okay, so you don't have to give me the full answer on this because I know you, you talked off air about wanting to do something bigger on the subject. But Dion in Florida State, like 
Mm-hmm. So that relationship is there. Uh, and Mike Norvell is doing great right now. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no reason to think that this would happen. But in a hypothetical world where there is an opening, and what Dion said, he's did he say he's no longer a Noel? No, he just said he graduated from somewhere else. No, look, that is a lot of that's bravado because, look, Mickey Andrews helped him get into coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, if Bobby was still alive, he wouldn't say that yeah. and not feel guilty about it. I'm sure he probably even, like, if he thinks about it, like, oh, well. If Coach Bowden heard me say that, he'd be sad. You mm-hmm. know, like those those things. I I mean, that's what he said. I think he feels a little bit slighted because he didn't get that job, right? I'm I like I. You also t- have to take a lot of things that Dion says with a grain of salt because you know a lot of it is again, yeah, just he's, just he's, stream of consciousness. He's just going, yeah, and that's part of his whole thing, which is what makes it brilliant. Mm-hmm. But. I like Mike Norvell and the reason he's gone so hard in the transfer portal knew that if he does not get Florida state winning to the level that they expect and winning to the level that Florida state expects is competing for the title, right? Not winning the conference, not going nine and three or 10 and two, not playing the Liberty bowl. No, you are playing January 1st Mm -hmm. or after or the day like, New Year's Eve or after is when you get to play in the postseason. Yeah. Nothing else. You're not playing December 23rd? No. <laughs> Come on. December 29th? Please. Yeah. No. That's not what's going to happen. You're playing later. And so he knew he had to accelerate that. And he's been fantastic in the portal because if he had three bad years, Deion Sanders, after Florida State told him, go get your degree and go get another head coaching job, would they would be – Begging him. Mm-hmm. Begging him. They would fight wars <laughs> to get him back there. They would invade Florida University just because. It's not really related, but they just kind of want to do it. If they're, if, look, if we're going all out, <laughs> might as well, you know. No, like they would absolutely. So he knew that. And he knew, like, he probably in the back of his mind, and he's a very confident coach, but in the back of his mind, I'm sure he knows that, like, the minute I mess up, People are going to put Coach Prime signs up in the stands. When he lost to Jacksonville State, here's one of the things I'm really impressed with Mike Norvell. He lost to Jacksonville State because of a boneheaded decision he and his coaching staff made. Well, that's a Hail Mary play? Yeah, where they were in man coverage on the last play of the game. As long as you play your cousin in NCAA football. And then he was like, well, we we did this because we thought they might have time to go spike the ball. And you're like, so what, man? (laughs) (laughs) Just keep them out in the end zone. (laughs) Yeah, just... There's one objective here. Yeah, so... Just no, like, and then I think he very wisely was like, that was dumb. And like, a lot of people can't do that. And he, he has very well adjusted since then. Mm -hmm. So I do think that, I don't think it's something he wakes up in the morning and like has a picture of Dion (laughs) in his mirror and is like, not today, man. He's throwing darts at (laughs) it. (laughs) Not today, Dion. Not today. One step ahead of you. He's got newspaper clippings. What Dion's doing and what Mike Norvell are doing, like Dion's even had to go more extreme because Mm -hmm. he took over a, a program that was, not relevant for a long time. Mike Norvell took over a program that had four or five bad seasons, not a, yes. a generation of bad seasons. You know, they're a decade removed from a national championship and only seven years removed from the last 10 win season. So mm-hmm. he did it like carpet bombed it as where Mike Norvell's been methodical, but it's the same thing. And it's the same. And we'll talk about this in the third segment about Dabo Sweeney, where this may be where the college football world has left him behind a little bit. Or not left him behind, or he's chosen to not get on the train. <laughs> but Dion said, "Look, I'm going to bring in 80 new players because this is a one in 11 team. Mm-hmm. I don't I have no reason to do this. Nobody's got. Yeah, there's no loyalty here. There's no loyalty here. 
But they, um, but Florida State's done it very methodically of like these transfers, mm-hmm. and then then it, using the cachet of like this place is pretty cool and we win, right? Where'd you rather come? You'd rather go here, or would you rather go? You know, yeah. So you know, like, or do you want to be a legend at okay, Florida Ke- State? Keon Coleman was down to Ole Miss and FSU. Now look, NIL has a huge amount to do with that. And I think it might have been splitting hairs when it came down to dollars and cents. But as cool as Ole Miss might be, what have they done compared to what Florida State can do? And yeah. that's the selling point of, like, that's a cool place. Great. Would you rather be at Ole Miss yeah. helping Lane try to get the first one, or would you rather restart the dynasty here? Do you want to finish fourth in the SEC West? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you get lucky. Maybe you finish third one year. Yeah. Or come to a place where there's a path to getting you, in you to win it one all. team. Yeah. You got to be better than one team. Yeah. Clint, yeah. There's one there's one video game boss yeah. in this conference that yeah. you have to defeat. Yeah, exactly. Not seven. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. When we come back, I want to talk a little about TCU's perspective. Plus, we're going to get to know Simi a little bit. Get to know Steven Simcox. Also, I want to throw one more on my coaching tree. Q. Q's on my coaching tree, and he's wildly successful right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> so he's doing I'm, a little bit better than us. Yes, he is. That's that's like uh like, if I'm Bill Walsh, that's me claiming Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's that's a big one right there. Yeah, a- Q and you and Smokey all at your former place of employment. It was kind of like when the Thunder had Harmon, or Harden and Westbrook and Durant all in the same just place. Traded <laughs> <all> <laughs> just, just traded us all away. Traded you all away. Yeah, just traded us all away. <laughs> all right, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about T- TCU, Stephen's alma mater, mm-hmm. and we'll get to know Stephen a little bit, which people need to. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. Welcome back to the Triple Option here on 365 Sports. Paul Catalina, my good friend, Stephen Simcox. We need to do a a Paul and Smokey. We'll we'll allow Smokey in the coaching tree because I'm on his coaching tree. Okay. So, like, you know, we're the same tree, but... We need to do that tree one day and see what, what it's got. Diagram it on the board. Yeah, diagram it on the board, see where we've got. I really appreciated in the break there, producer Jack, you just ask him, uh, that's not his name's not producer Jack. His <laughs> his parents did not name him producer. Yeah. No. Producer Jack. <laughs> Have you seen my driver's license? Sorry. No. Jackson witness protection. I just outed him. <laughs> um, but Paul was like, is Steven good or bad? And he said good. And I think you guys should just start doing a series where, like, maybe it's after games, like yeah. after every college football game, rate this team, and he just says good or bad, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just a two-second video. Yeah. yeah. LSU, Jack, good or bad? Bad. Yeah. There See? we go. TCU, good or bad? Bad. Yeah. 
He hesitated for a second, but he got there. Yeah. That's the kind of decisiveness you want. There are inflections here. (laughs) It's more than just good or bad. Like, come on. Yeah. So, before we get to know you, Stephen, we we talk so much about Dion Mm -hmm. in that segment because we're a new podcast and we've got to get attention. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody else is using him. Yeah. Why not the triple option? Come on. I mean, look. Like, am I too proud to say that, like, we might be, you know, riding the wave? Yes, but this is whole channel is built on realignment, so <laughs> I can't. We all got to have our niche, yeah, man. So anyway, um, I uh, want your perspective on TCU, which is again that's a, ro- a roster built now out of the transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, offense like almost completely, really. You know, like Chandler Morris is a transfer. You know, the wide receivers are all transfers and. The offense is good. The defense had to deal with Colorado's offense, which was mad at TCU's offensive coordinator. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that was a big thing. Yeah, Kendall's kind of hit the bingo card of bad PR for TCU since he got (laughs) got there. Oh, yeah. Um, Not all his fault, but, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, of all the people you're going to cold shoulder to camp, Deion Sanders' (laughs) kid. Shadur Sanders seems like a guy you should know. Yeah, just even if you're not going to offer him or mm-hmm. he's not interested, just, just shake his hand, say hello. Just say hello, um, coach him up a little bit, give mm-hmm. him some tips. Don't give that kid and his extremely famous father <laughs> any reason to be like, hey, yeah. don't yeah, Don't end up in the Shadur Sanders Last Dance documentary that's coming out in a few years <laughs> because <laughs> you because yeah. you just couldn't you know, oh, that, take the time to say hello. That also started Dion down the path of being mad at his, you know, Technical alma mater, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that was one of the things that 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 fueled rubbed that him more. the wrong way. That okay. fueled that more than him not getting the job. Him not getting the job, I think he can probably understand a little <laughs> bit. So they couldn't wait. Like they couldn't wait around. You know, the the four months it was going to take him to finish. Right. And and then they also said you need a coach because they've got to sell it to the money people. But from TCU's perspective. I'm not worried about their season when it comes to the Big 12, but I do think, like, one of the things last year they were doing really well was clamp down on defense when they had to. I, I mm-hmm. wonder if that is a bigger issue than having a bunch of new players on offense. Well, people have definitely figured out, and it, it sort of started in the second half of that Michigan game, um, that if you – and there's a lot of the same players on this defense. If you isolate these linebackers and safeties in space – it's really hard for them to, to keep up. Um, and Joe Gillespie, their defense coordinator, is not a guy that brings a lot of pressure. So they have to find a way to address that. I think they'll be okay, too. I just wonder, you know, they're sort of at a crossroads where it's like, okay, what what's the next step? Like, what are they going to be? Are they a team that with, with everything shifting around them, which a year ago it felt like they were one of those mini schools that was like, all right, new Big 12, they'll have a chance to be – one of the standard bears, one of the, you know, powers, one of the teams that are just consistently in the, in the mix. But now with everybody else that's been added, it's a little trickier. You talk about Utah and, and the Arizona schools and all that, but um, what are expectations like? Cause there's, there's a, an older guard of TCU fans who remember a lot of, a lot of the lean years. Right. And they're like, well, if, if they're a eight and four football team that occasionally can jump up and make a run like they did last season, That'd be fantastic. Um, and then I think there's some newer fans that are like, well, you know, as long as I've been around, like I've expected 
national, at least being in the national conversation. But uh, I think as far as this year goes, yeah, they'll be okay. I feel like the offense is good uh, and it's going to get better. Defensively, surely they can figure some things out just to, you know, stay in games and um, and improve there. But, yeah, I mean, that was – I was pretty dumbfounded. Sonny Dyke said after the game that he just didn't think the guys were ready to play and he thought Colorado was more excited about it, they're more motivated, which I get – while Colorado would be excited, it was a huge chance for them on the national stage. And I know Dion had them playing with a lot of confidence. But your last game, you just lost 65-7 to in the national championship. You've heard all offseason that you probably were just a fluke and, like, things are going to regress back to the mean. In the opening game of the season, I understand why, but everybody was talking about Colorado. Like, big noon kickoff was there in Fort Worth. And it was a Dion infomercial because mm-hmm. of all the attention that he commands. Um, and so, you know, why would you not come out with a chip on your shoulder? Like, let's let's rally this group and let's get it done. So I guess the, the thing is now, how do you respond? Like, because, you know, Paul, like things can things can unravel quickly with the college football team if if losses start piling up. So do you get off the mat and like rally together and get this thing moving in the right direction? Or is this a team that maybe just falls below expectations um, from the beginning? I, I lean towards the first answer. I think they're going to to improve and get better. But um, it was it was pretty remarkable that they, you know, just looked completely confused and listless against that Colorado team. Yeah, uh, and we'll see. Um, the Big Twelve is interesting. Okay, here's the coaches you have coming in, mm-hmm. and I'm including this year as well. You have Gus Malzahn, who's been in coached a national title game yes, and, and coordinated in, in one as well. So you have Deion Sanders and you have Kyle Whittingham. And I'm not even throwing in Kenny Dillingham, who I think is going to be a stud head coach very quickly. Yeah. Um, and Dane, and, I mean, Dane has been around for – Dane Holgerson has yeah. been around forever. Yeah. Um, Kalani Sataki is a very steady Eddie yeah. head coach. You know, they're, they're, BYU is going to continue to be BYU no matter where they play. Um, and, you know, so you've got those guys – just coming in and in a conference that's that's going to be totally wide open, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, you know. And, and I do think, like, the Big 12 is hoping that Dion stays a really long time and mm-hmm. becomes a staple in the league. I don't think that they're, you can plan on it because, again, like, who's to say that there's a bigger school that's not going to say, like, please come do that here? Right. I mean, you would imagine, like, whatever SEC opening it is soon that, is available, they'd have heavy interest in him. Here's the deal. I just hope that he's not mad enough at his alma mater to do something that would just truly disgust me. Oh, yeah. Him in the blue and orange would be be pretty rough. It would be hard for me to deal with. I know. But he also, I mean, he doesn't seem like somebody who's just like, like Dion doesn't seem like the type of guy that would be like, no, I could never do that. No, I think if if everything lined up right, he would be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. This is a dude who has one of his own quotes on the wall behind him for his Zoom <laughs> interviews. Have you seen that? Like, he's doing Zooms this week. Is that bad? I do that, too. Is that why I'm not, <laughs> yeah. is that why I'm not getting opportunities? But it's not like – not like, there's not like a Teddy Roosevelt or, like, Martin Luther King quote or anything behind him. It's his own quote. Beyonce. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you look good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Like – that's that's his quote. That's a good quote. <laughs> it's though. a great I gotta, quote. I got to give it to him. But and that's all about branding. Mm-hmm. But again, like you know, 
It, if, it, it doesn't make you look like the most humble person no, in the world. Look, if I if I just put behind me, <laughs> if it feels good, do it. And if it do good, feel it. You'd be like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that would really enhance the show. <laughs> yeah. Right next to the Hawaii pennant right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that I'm going to start, like, I would make sure I get good quotes and be like, put that, that might go on the wall. Behind <laughs> us. That's what we're going to do. Quotes, things I say often and believe in truly. Yeah, just have Garrett start writing things down yeah. for you. But but days will change the world. <laughs> Garrett, write, that down, write that down, write that down, write that down. Write it down, write it down. Yeah, that's what I need to do. But yeah, it has its own thing behind us. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different. All right, we're going to get to know you, Stephen, here. I love this. So try to find the, 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 the proper highway of this segment, but we're going to keep doing it because I think it's fun. It inter- entertains me. And so that's all that matters. It's my podcast. So it entertains me. Write that down here. That's a good quote to have. <laughs> another one for the wall. It entertains me. Um, it's my podcast. There's another one. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I want to get to know you at like a deeper level, not like, you know, who you are, what you do. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, platitudes. Right. This is real hard-hitting stuff. This is like inside the actor studio, that yes, last segment. exactly. That's a pretty Maybe niche. Maybe I need to get a, a stack of blue cards <laughs> and just rip off that bit. Yeah, not sure all the college football hey, people are getting that reference, but hey, uh, we'll roll with hey, it. Look, James Lipton's dead. He can't stop me. <laughs> so, uh, Is the James Lipton state watching a lot of college football podcasts? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, okay. Which college football player do you wish had infinite eligibility? Oh, man, what a great question. Um, well, the first one that popped in my head is not a great person, so I think I'll skip that guy. Okay. Uh, I'll say it's recency bias, but I, I'll say Max Duggan. Okay, look. The, he, transformative player for TCU. He was. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, like, sometimes you get caught up in the cliche stuff mm-hmm. and all the, all the lunch pail uh, but it's true. Sort of words, but it was true with him. Yeah. I mean, he did look like a person that, that might literally give up his life for the, the team. The only reason they didn't beat Kansas State, in my opinion, last year was because he was just – he was just yeah. too tight. He was just exhausted. He was just exhausted, and they needed, like, that 1% more that he was totally willing to give but, mm-hmm. you know, physically didn't have it in that moment because that's what was working in that moment. If it was just – hurl the ball up to Quentin Johnston, then that's a different thing. But they needed – that was what was working in that moment. So. Well, and even his first few years of his career, when uh, it seemed like the offensive staff's job was just, how can we limit him the most? Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like that well, was what they were trying to do. I think part of that was because he was very immature, yeah, emotionally immature. He would let his emotions get the best of him because he was such a fiery dude. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't help that the head coach – is like also someone whose biggest weakness is letting his emotions get the best of him. <laughs> so when Gary Patterson tells you like, look, man, you got to chill out. <laughs> it falls on deaf ears. It doesn't exactly calm you because, down. No, that's true. Cause Gary Patterson, even as a guy who pretends to like wear a Hawaiian shirt and play a guitar is the least <laughs> chill. Like is the least chill barroom guitarist in the history of the world. It's just his nature. Yeah. Uh, so I think that Sonny Dykes, who saves his intensity mm-hmm. for essentially yelling at referees. Right. All the rest of it is, you know, the relaxed guy. Like, yeah. You know. It was a good mix. Yeah. But Max. Like he, I yeah. think he, he helped bring Max down to that, like, the, harness that power and use it for good. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just, like, 
Like, hey, go go give 110%. And then when he comes back, give 110%, you're like, well, maybe 100. Right. Like, let's <laughs> we, can, we can scale it back. We can scale it back. No, but Max was great. He always was just really high on the intangible stuff. You know, it's fun to watch him play. Okay. You're a firefighter. You've probably seen me ask Chris this question. I have. Okay. You're a firefighter. In one room by himself is Max Duggan. Okay. In the other room is LaDainian Tomlinson, TCU legend. Oh, wow. And the entire cast of Ocean's Eleven. That means Clooney, Pitt, Andy Garcia, Don Cheadle, Elliot Gould, Julia Roberts, Scott Kahn. You can only go in one, like, you can only go in one door and save one room. Are you saving Max Duggan by himself or LaDainian Tomlinson? And the entire cast of Ocean's 11. And the entire cast of Ocean's 11. Wow. What a tough predicament. I feel like I could go to Max and just explain the situation to him. (laughs) And he'd be like, yeah, I get it. He'd be like, I love you, man. You're on your like you're on your way. Like you can fight your way out of this building <laughs> if you want. But have you ever had dinner with LT and Julia Roberts? <laughs> that sounds like a good time to you. Yeah. And he might be like, who are those people? Because he's like 22 years old. But <laughs> yeah. he would know LT. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'd 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 save the cast of Ocean's Eleven because what if they want to do Ocean's 14? Yeah. I can't I mean, a keep lot that of them from are the people. Now, but yeah, that was a downer, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go that route, though. Yeah, okay, good deal. All right. Yeah, because we have Bernie Mac and, you know, Carl Reiner not with us anymore. So, I say a lot. That's two. Uh, <laughs> but two key pieces to the puzzle, uh, for sure. Uh, okay. What is a product that you would be the perfect pitch man for? Like a product, like a household product or just yeah, anything? something like anything. Like, you know, like what are you, like it could be, look, we could try to get you some, like we get some advertising dollars here. If there's mm-hmm. a company that you really, you know, stand for, let's. Yeah. I mean, like my first thought was just food. Food? Just, yeah, yeah, just like, I mean, no, just. Like a specific thing. Like, you know, my, mine, like I, I told Chris last week would be bidets and Japanese toilets. <laughs> I think they're going to change the world if people can get on board. Believe me, I have them at all three bathrooms in my house. So mm-hmm. they need to be in hotels. I don't know why they're not. Let's get this done. I would be perfect for, I don't even know how Christmas to Christmas chips and salsa even picked out a couple brands. Oh, chips and salsa. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'd just say like ice cream, but not even, I mean, people like, people talk about Bluebell like it saved their life all the time. Mm-hmm. And like Bluebell's fine. It's, it's ice cream. Right, yeah. it's good, but I think even just like H E B, you know, creamy creation that they brand. have is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll go that route. Yeah, just ice cream in general. Are you a gelato guy? No, not really. I'm not also really. not a frozen yogurt person. Okay, just like so you you would be out there like if there was a lobby. Yeah, like you would be like, listen, this frozen yogurt places have gotten too yeah like prevalent. You, you don't Let's go actually, back to yeah. real old school ice cream. You don't want fake ice cream with gummy bears on it. You're not four years old. Like, yeah. just go get go get ice cream, real ice cream. It's got to be scooped. Yes. Not in a waffle cone. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, that's good. Like, if you're I'll, – I'll, I'll alert the ice cream lobby. I'm sure they're huge. 
I'm sure that there's a product that nobody wants to promote. Yeah, they're probably huge because they get all this free ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of really just large people. <laughs> yeah. The calling up like, you guys, frozen yogurt's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, okay. Which college football venue that you have not been to would you, would you love to experience? There's a lot because I haven't been to a ton of road environments. Um, I would like to go to LSU. Mm -hmm. I'll go with Garrett. We'll have yeah. a good time there. Yeah. Uh, that was, I remember LSU played TCU at Cowboy Stadium when I was in school and I was just shocked at how like immediately antagonistic those people were. <laughs> like you would walk in and tell you tailgate, you wouldn't even say anything and they would immediately just start yelling tiger bait at you. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't, I haven't done anything. You I'm, wore that shirt. I'm just, yeah, I'm just wearing a different, <laughs> I'm wearing a different shade of purple. Yeah. You know, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're but, yeah. You're like, what do you mean you didn't do anything? You're the one who came into your... <laughs> LSU, uh, I went one time, and it's, like, simultaneously friendly and, and enemy territory at the same time. Mm. Like, how dare you wear that shirt? Would you like some of this food? <laughs> Here, have, have a drink. Was it a Florida State game, or were you just there watching it? Watching I just game? went to a, like, random LSU game okay. with my dad. Um, you know, a friend of his had to, and they were playing, they were playing, like, Southeast Louisiana at the time. It was one right. of those things like, hey, we can go. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was, it was FSU's bye week, as a matter of fact. And so we, we met, you know, I met him in Baton Rouge and we went. And it was uh, like walking around, you know, we, I was wearing neutral color. I wasn't even wearing FSU stuff. I was just wearing yeah. a shirt. And You're just like, a human existing. Just a guy walking around and you're like, people like, hey, F you, buddy. And they're like, oh, hey, come on over here. Have some of this. Gumbo this is a punch like right here is really good. Um, you know, it's gonna want to make you take your shoes off like right away. Yeah. It's so strong, <laughs> but you know, like that. That was it's so weird. It is. It mm -hmm. is. I like death. It is a crazy place. Look, and as as much as I as an FSU fan, I'll tell you, I've been to Clemson one time, and Clemson wasn't quite that good. It's Tommy Bowden era. They were good. Mm -hmm. Great atmosphere there. Um, Florida has a great atmosphere. <laughs> I'm proud of you for saying that. You know. Uh, Oklahoma's great. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of really great ones. There's know. good ones, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just all around the country, too. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's really, there's no other sport like it where um, you can go just about anywhere and find pockets of really passionate fan bases. Yeah, I've got to experience a lot of them. I was, I was not disappointed in Tuscaloosa. The game I went to, A&M, got just absolutely boat raced, and I was with two Aggies and my mom. You know, my <laughs> uncle, my dad, my mom, and it was just the most depressing day ever. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, it was, they were so good. It was like, they were just bored. They're like, Oh, <laughs> another regular season game. <laughs> we're full now. Yeah. We gotta do, we gotta do this again. Please, please bring something more satisfying. <laughs> that was, that was, I'm sorry, Texas A&M. I know you beat us a year ago, but right. that was undercooked. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, that, that was kind of the attitude I got. Now, granted, if it was LSU or Tennessee mm -hmm. or somebody, I'm sure that no matter what, there was they're ravenous, but yeah, that's one. Um, all right, let me. I got. I was trying not to go to the phone, but I got to go. Oh to no, the that's list fine. Of questions. I got to go to the list of questions here. Okay. The suspense makes it better. Okay. UFOs, ghosts, or Bigfoot? Which one do you hope is real? 
I'd say Bigfoot, just because I feel like he'd probably be pretty chill about it. <laughs> Not all in your face like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, ghosts, like, I just, I think they're just naturally going to haunt people. Here's the thing. If Bigfoot's real, I don't have to help him cross over to the other side. That's true. I just have to leave him alone. Yeah, just stay out of his face. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, like, a you ghost know? is haunting me. Like, the only way for me to get rid of it is to, like, right. you know, find his, like, hidden dead body or who killed mm -hmm. him or, you know. Yeah. Take it's like some sort of amulet to the top of a mountain. I don't know. Right. It's like when you see a video of somebody getting attacked by a bear and you're like, why are you in the bear space? Like, just leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, just leave. Uh, I, I yeah, think, you know, like you're in when you're camping and a bear attacks you, <laughs> you broke into his house. You're in he his house. Yeah. Yours. He's <laughs> like, he's not, gonna, he's not at your condo. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't go. It's not like when those like really scary videos, of, like bears, like mm -hmm. walking into people's houses while they're gone. Like that would terrify me. That's when the bear, is wrong but when you've built a fire in his living room you're probably right. you know and then you brought him food which you didn't share with him so now yeah i think the alien thing would just like even if the aliens were cool which also again like all the movies are like the aliens are going to take over but we don't know maybe they just want to hang out but i feel I like you thought that they've come here and been like no yeah. <laughs> no, he's we don't yeah we got better technology like they go back and they're like what'd you guys think of earth they're like Zero stars. Those people must be depressed. <laughs> zero stars. They like really just zero, like they get yeah. so excited about the dumbest things. Right. I think <laughs> just the existence of aliens would shake me a lot more. You know, yeah. just like my my general outlook on life. Bigfoot would kind of be like, yeah, I could see just a big hairy person yeah. living somewhere. Yeah. That that would make more sense yeah. to me. Like, what if they came in 2020 and we're like, this is the time we're going to be there, and they're like, hey, yeah. Uh, Everybody's sick, and they're watching this show <laughs> called Tiger King, and we don't want a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, like, what's Tiger King? You don't want to know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really want to know uh, at all. All right. Well, I'm going to take you off the hot seat because I really want to talk about Dabo Sweeney. Okay. That's coming up next. This is the Triple Option with 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. Welcome back into the Triple Option. Paul Catalina, Stephen Simcox, Locked On TCU. And you can uh, listen to his podcast, was it five days a week? Six five days, days a week. Five days a week. So 30 minutes, right? That's that's where they want me to keep it, yeah. Yeah, 30 minutes. 30 minutes is the, is the target. Good deal. Okay. So, uh, yeah, go listen to that uh, every week, Locked On TCU. All right, Stephen, I did want to talk about Dabo Sweeney. Okay. There's a lot of it, like the athletic wrote an article. Like there's been articles all over mm -hmm. the place. I know Carl Auerbach, really great article about him today, and his refusal to embrace the transfer portal. 
So in three years, he has lost 32 players to the transfer portal. And he hasn't lost some of the guys that other schools have lost. Like, he hasn't lost a Justin Fields or anything. Mm -hmm. But he has lost 32 guys. He has taken in three guys, all grad transfers, all backups, two backup quarterbacks, uh, Hunter Johnson, Paul Tyson, backup quarterbacks, and then one uh, guy who's a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And... He wants to keep building through high school. Well, when Duke absolutely beats you to a stump, and they, with their academic standards, had eight transfer starters, don't you think he maybe needs to get on board? Yeah, it feels like Dabo is holding himself to a rule that no one has imposed on him. Yeah. <laughs> he just got like this weird you know, conviction about it. Um, it's like sometimes my son, when he gets in trouble, he'll like, try to add on punishments. I think he's just trying to, like, make us feel sorry for him. Yeah. But we'll be like, all right, you got to go to your room for however long. And he's like, well, I'm not going to eat dinner. And we're like, okay, well, nobody said that. But if you like, if you don't want to eat dinner, <laughs> that's fine. Like, yeah. we're not we're going to do that. Um, but Dabo, I mean, he's got this useful tool in front of him. Mm-hmm. Clemson seems like the place that would really thrive in this environment. And I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, he's, he's definitely a big culture guy. Most college coaches are. Mm-hmm. But you know what kills culture faster than anything? Losing games. Yeah. Like, you know, the teams that, that lose are the teams we hear about that are falling apart and not committed and not doing what they're supposed to do. And so I don't – like, don't let this be the, the hill that you, that you die on. Yeah. Um, but it seems philosophical. I mean, we've, we've seen, like, other coaches kind of come to a crossroads like this. We saw it with Nick Saban before he sort of finally opened up that offense and started recruiting – you know, big-name quarterbacks. But that was more of a X's and O's type thing. This mm-hmm. seems like a, a true belief that he has. And I don't, I don't know how to get him off of that. But, uh, you know, I mean, Clemson still has a defense that's good enough to win a lot of games. But at some point, you got to start getting some more playmakers there. Yeah. Dogmas are tricky, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, you can – they can work for you for a little while, but eventually you, you hit a wall. Right. And that's why you can't maybe be so – you know, rigid, rigid on things, yeah. and look the and he's gonna get ridiculed for this for the rest of his life. But when he when he was asked this summer about the name, image, and likeness, and he's like, "We're built in God's name, image, and likeness." How about that? Like, look, I'm a man of faith, Stephen. I know you are. Yeah. But I will also tell Dabo this: I've been in God's house a bunch of times, and even he passes the plate, buddy. So <laughs> you might want to embrace it a little bit more. Then, mm-hmm. well, and there was a time when like Dabo was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, his his demeanor and personality. And I remember that after that Notre Dame win, when he went on this little rant about like you got to bring you know you got to bring your own guts, right? And he was it was like, oh, Dabo's you know Dabo's like this fun kind of country guy. And yeah, he you know he's definitely got the faith aspect of it, but um, he just seemed like the type of dude that would probably invite you to watch the movie Facing the Giants, and that would be about, like, the extent yeah. of it. But now it's it's much more kind of celebrity pastor, which is yeah. is always a tricky yeah. a tricky thing to balance because it can automatically just turn people off. Um, so, yeah, that, that quote was strange. He's had a lot of those lately where he's just kind of pontificating on the state of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody needs to be like, save that for you. Why don't you start a podcast or something that yeah. you that you can just send to a few friends? Let's not let's not go to the podium and always just just break these things out. Let's leave that let's leave that in house. Like, even Mike Gundy has 
embraced it. Yeah. And I thought Mike Gundy would be one of the first. It's like, look, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But he's embraced it. He's, you know, he's become very practical mm -hmm. uh, about it. And Dabo just, he has this thing, like, sometimes I think coaches believe in, like, we, we built it the right way. Okay. They don't give the, you a bigger championship trophy for that. No. The only wrong way to do it, honestly, is to lose. Is to, yeah. <laughs> and there's not rules anymore that you're necessarily breaking. Right. Now, look, if you compromise your character and the character of your team and your principles to do it, that's the wrong way. Like when you're like, well, I don't care what these kids do, just go in football games. That's the wrong way. That's been done through sports all over the place. Like, let's look the other way just as long as they're winning – you know, but then you can just get one of those like propaganda Netflix documentaries yeah, where you just, or you just go like, oh yeah, it was you know, Urban Meyer talking about his kids yeah. working out on a Friday night. Like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, that's, and then they're like, well, what about these things? Yes, they have. <laughs> Some of them happened, but you know what? Dedication. <laughs> <laughs> have you talked to Tim? Have you talked to T Bell? <laughs> yeah. Talk to talk to these guys who completely bought into my my <laughs> propaganda. Um, but no, I I. I think Dabo, like, he's running that course. And I thought bringing in Garrett Riley was a huge departure for him mm -hmm. because in the last time he did that was Brent Venables, and he won national titles because of it. Yeah. I thought Garrett Riley, and it could still turn out that way, but they don't have, they couldn't separate from Duke. Now, at least they don't the have playmakers. playmakers. And the team that they have to be most scared about, and this might also be a little bit of ego on his part, is Florida State. Mm -hmm. And. That was the school he always, like, even in their worst, it's the school he had to be most scared about because if they ever figured it out again. They could compete. They, well, I mean, look, since Florida State joined the conference, Clemson has been, had been second fiddle until Dabo flipped the script. Right. Well, don't think that they're not trying to flip it back on you. There's two teams that have relevance in that conference, mm -hmm. and I'm not knocking anybody else. That's the fact. Over the last 30 years, they've won it the most. Well, and you also wonder if that might be the thing that puts a fire under him because, I mean, I guess the flip side of, the, of being the ACC, they've had an easy path the past few years, but they also haven't had somebody pushing them. Like, mm -hmm. Ohio State now has Michigan that yeah. is pushing them. Taking over them. Taking over them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Alabama has always had a foil in the SEC. Now it's Georgia who's overtaken them, and they're trying to get back. But at times it was LSU or Auburn or whatever the case may be. And so maybe this is it. Maybe Florida State getting back to where they were is what is the – the push Dabo needs to say, okay, nobody's like, nobody's watching how I'm doing this or, or they don't care. Like if I bring in a bunch of transfers, nobody's going to think that we've given up our values. Like yeah. we can still, we can still do this at a high level and, and be fine. Yeah. And he's look, he wants to like, the culture is a great thing, except mm -hmm. you can also find guys who fit that culture. If you try. Yeah. Like clearly you're not even trying to do it. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, well, I worry about this. Well, you're not, you know, like, Paul Tyson's not going to help you win one single game. Right. Not one. And so now you have to explain to all these people, like, hey, just four years ago, you were one of the teams. And now the rules changed, and you didn't – and you're mad about them? Well, you don't – you think that you, it's the wrong way? Like, that's something he's got to get over because he's, he's, in my opinion, a way better coach than that. You have to adapt. I mean, yeah. like, you can, you can not like what the situation is. But everybody that's having success is, is playing with the rules now. Do, do what Nick Saban does. You can pontificate about it. Sure, but, but you're also, still going to do it. But you still do it. And basically what Nick Saban says is like, look, guys, I have all the tools possible at my disposal. 
I'm the head coach at Alabama. Mm -hmm. He won't say it out loud because he's not that kind of guy, but I'm the greatest college football coach that's ever college football coached. So <laughs> if you want to give me these advantages, I will use them. But I'm warning you, it's not going to work out how you think it is. Right. Because it's just going to work for me. So, you know, that's what he does. I don't like the rule, but you know what? Jermaine Burton wants to come here. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say no. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to let my guys leave. Just be able, oh, I didn't play for my first two years. <laughs> and then not have the same, like a better guy be like, oh, well. I mean, I was playing at LSU, but I, I'd rather play at Alabama, yeah. so I'm just going to go there. You know, like th those things can happen. And, oh, I, I don't like that I have to, you know, players are going to mm -hmm. ask me for money now, but I've got guys who are willing to give it to them. So if Bryce Young's going to make a million dollars from Dr. Pepper, who am I to stand in his mm -hmm. way? I'm making 12. So Yeah, I mean, don't, don't put restrictions on you that don't exist. Yeah. If and, you're Dabo. You know, I know that he was playing San Jose State, and it's different, but DJU on Saturday looked good. Like, like he, he didn't have that kind of freedom mm -hmm. there at Clemson, and, and it might be because, you know, the tire you squeeze without, yeah. you know, without changing. Yeah, there's just too much there. And if you're, if you're not going to have Trevor Lawrence, then you got to find a way to make some other guys work. Well, look, Kate Klubnick might, might be Trevor Lawrence again, except for the fact that, Trevor Lawrence had T. Higgins. Right. Trevor Lawrence had... Uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, Travis Etienne. You know, so, like, he had those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, Kate Clubden has Will Shipley. Will Shipley's great, but... You, you know, can't build the whole plane out of Will Shipley. You can't just be like, all right, well, go ahead. Like, please, you know, get us out of this situation. Right. Eventually, you know, they're going to be like, well, we got to stop Shipley. And then think, yeah, what's, what's your counter move? Yeah, like, okay, we stopped Shipley. What's your second thing? So, Stephen, this has been fun. Thank I'd you, I'd like Paul. to extend you an offer to be a semi-regular Wednesday host. All right. You know, when it fits into your schedule. I'll talk I to my agent, to. Garrett. <laughs> yeah, talk to your agent, Garrett. Talk to your, your direct supervisor who is here on Mondays. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I missed seeing you every day anyway. Um, I think uh, – you know, we had some, you know, this is not this for the podcast. We had some times. Steven. We did. We had some times. Yeah. We had some times. So, and again, listen to Steven's podcast and support him that way. Please do. Support him by watching this over and over and over again. If you're a Steven Simcox fan, just watch this on a loop. Just refresh it every five just, seconds. Just every time the thing ends, start it again. <laughs> like Steven's kids and their favorite Disney movie, I'm sure. Or Blu-ray, yeah. Oh, uh, Bluey? Bluey, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have kids, so I, but I've heard of Bluey. Good stuff. It's good. Do you it's get, okay. <laughs> do you wonder what's going to happen, like, like episodes of Succession? <laughs> no, it's not quite that. <laughs> Variety's not writing recaps after every episode. <laughs> <laughs> what happened on Bluey? <laughs> no. Here's, here's the Bluey episodes you need to see before next season. Yeah. Those kind of things. There's not many M. Night Shyamalan twists. <laughs> no, there's not. Okay. Good deal. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Jack McKenzie, Garrett Ross. We're back here tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. 
Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster.